Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jai. And I'm Jules. What's up? We're talking Music Box, the HBO series that's on right now, and we're talking Jagged about Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette, and I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's such a good documentary, I thought. I did too, and I have to say, my first question for everyone was, when did you first learn about Alanis? Uh, Jules, I kind of want to know more about your story, because I I grew up in the time of when she first came out, me and Jai did, so I want to know how you found her and what your history is with her. So I remember Alanis from like when I was little, like when I think of being in the car with my mom, being like five, six, like it was Alanis on the radio. Like you grew, like I grew up listening to her. Um, But I remember when I really, really liked her, like when I was like, oh my gosh, like I love Alanis. It was uh, hearing Hands Clean. And I think, I don't know if it was a music video on VH1 or if it was just on the radio. But when I heard that song, oh my gosh, like I loved her. (laughs) But she was, yeah, she was just something that like you, she was always on the radio. You would hear her like at the grocery store. So she was just kind of a household name at like a super young age, which is kind of dope because like, I mean, I'm, I'm a full adult now, but I was definitely like the younger generation that was like raised on her. Like my mom listened to her, um, you know, so it was just like a, um, yeah, she's a household name. Cool. Yeah, I definitely was in that. I was really little too young to understand everything that she was singing about when yeah, she came same. out. <laughs> same. Yeah, so I, I wasn't like a full blown like, you know, 17 or, or anything like that when the first album came out, which would have been cool if I was, but, but no, yeah, I was like definitely too young and I'm singing about like, yeah, down on you in the theater. Woo. And then I was like, what the fuck is she singing? Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, it's something kind of like, you know, hearing like you ought to know that literally came out when I was one. So like by the time I heard it, you know, I was like four or five in the, you know, in the car, I don't know anything she sang, but you hear that, like, that funky bass and you know anyone can like tap their toes to it and enjoy it <laughs> yeah it's so good it's just so so fucking good i just love it well jai what about you when did you first get into her i mean honestly at 11 i was like really into all the grunge music like smashing pumpkins and like uh, pearl jam and like I'm all pretty of sure when you were, i'm pretty sure when you were young you probably would you would have been like too cool hang out with I me so. I, I feel like you had like way like cooler of a life I feel like I was really nerdy just because like you grew up in Europe and you had like cool pool bars and you could drink and like we just didn't have any <laughs> you're like well, yeah that's true I probably I was too cool for you, you. <laughs> at 11 I wasn't and I actually was just very much like a bit of not loner but like I didn't really have school wasn't the highlight you know for me like because I was so different no one cared about like alternative music and other kids like light pop and like weird mainstream like new stuff. kids and, and like, i liked all, all the stuff stuff that i was definitely too young to understand like all the angry like grunge stuff <laughs> but, you know <laughs> but i love rock and like grunge and i used to wear all black and wear doc martins to school with my uniform and and i didn't care about having friends in school because when i got home from after school i would just go rollerblading and that was my life <laughs> that was like when life That's started so cool. for me you know it was like after school i'm gonna roller skate with i was the only girl and it was just boys and they were all different ages and they would go 
just hang out and like watch um, the X Files and stuff. Oh wow, the X Files! Go to someone's house to watch X Files. That's one show that still freaks me out. And I watch Same. a lot of really disturbing shit. And like some of them, I'm like, I I literally have nightmares about certain episodes that I've just randomly watched. You know what I think of when I hear that X-Files song? It reminds me of being a little five-year-old completely freaking out. And you know that episode of The Simpsons where where <laughs> Mr. Mr. Burns is like, don't be afraid. Oh, like, yeah. For some reason, the X-Files song, and that just goes into my head, and, like, I, it terrifies me. It's so scary. When he comes out all glowy. Yeah. Yeah, is it, like, Lisa, I think, who sees him? That's just what someone? I think the X-Files is. <laughs> so Oh, funny. my God, that's so funny. It's definitely not scary at all. It was very, I mean... At the time, it probably was. I, I don't remember. It just it was the highlight of, like, the really the coolest thing for me was like to see my friends that I real friends that I had after school. Because in school it was just lame, you know. Everyone was lame. And just I wasn't like a popular pretty girl at eleven. I was still like an ugly duckling, you know. I think what year that was. Yeah, it was like fifth grade. I think. Oh yeah, I was totally a complete nerd. I think it just got cute at thirteen, like puberty and everything i was like i lost all my baby fat and i was like kind of cute but 11 i wasn't at all i was kind of chubby <laughs> and yeah um so anyway i remember the video really clearly and like it was on the radio like it was all everywhere. the time mm-hmm. and that video was so cool and i think that's the first time i saw anyone wearing like leather pants and like a white shirt like oh was- yeah I definitely don't remember seeing it because it's funny. I was as I started watching the documentary, I was thinking, who were the women at that time? You know, but then they kind of mentioned them anyway, like garbage. Like it kind of came after. Her. She was like, well, she was in the beginning, I think. Let me see. When they, did Garbage's first album? Garbage. Out? I think her their album came out in '95 or '96, but yeah, it might have been like '95. Uh, garbage. And then, well, no doubt, she was probably around the same time. No doubt was around. Yeah, but, but Hole was around. Like Courtney Love was around. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And yeah. Fiona Apple was around as well. '96 is when Fiona came oh, out. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, when Title came that's out, so she was in that. She was in that whole era. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess uh, Garbage came out in 95, so. So cool. It's weird that they, like, kind of started in Wisconsin. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, out of all places. I know. Represent. Got some fam up there, but I've I've never played, like, a, a, a big show in Wisconsin, so I don't know what the scene is. There. Yeah, there's like Chicago. Been, but... Did you play in Chicago? Have you played in Chicago? Oh yeah, Chica- Chicago are like the best shows. Every every time I go to Chicago, I have a great time. <laughs> oh cool, um, awesome. It's only what like like because Chicago is like Chicago. Chicago. Because where <laughs> is she from? Because she was originally from Ottawa, mm-hmm. and then went to Toronto, and that's all kind of like similar area right up north up there yeah, yeah. <laughs> where they have those well, funny accents yeah it's funny. I, it's cool go. I can't wait to see i want to eat deep dish pizza in chicago that's that's the that's my real interest oh it. damn that sounds really i've had some really good burritos there in chicago yeah I've had some oh good wow burritos. But maybe it's just the one one place that i went but i was like i was impressed but you know it doesn't take a lot to impress me with a. <laughs> With food. I love like, a Taco Bell. Yeah, Five. Say, so it's a Taco Bell. 
I'm, I'm just going to remain about... silent until you finish talking about food. Like... <laughs> oh, that's right, because you, you just had like a big food. <laughs> you just had like a big brunch. Um, well, I'll get into my uh, Alana's first impressions. I have a distinct memory of being in my basement and watching her perform at the Grammys. And I believe oh, it was the 96 cool. Grammys because she won that year for 95. Yeah. And uh, I remember her singing You Ought to Know Acoustic sitting on the stool. And I was like, <gasps> what is this this is so amazing and then i i made my mom go out and drive me to tower records r.i.p um to go buy oh, the cd and then i went amazing and bought the cd and i literally as i was watching the documentary i was like tearing up i was like this album is so <laughs> much of when i was like 13 yeah totally. uh, from then on and i was like i still know every single word and i don't it's probably i didn't really think about it too much but as far as influential albums, I would have to say, like, shocker. I know I'm going to shock everyone with this hot take. This is more influential to me than Nevermind. Completely. Because well, I, I agree I, with you. I agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah. Completely. Totally. I do love, I, obviously, everyone knows I love Nirvana, like, always. But this is just, it was just a different level. I mean, it was and she covered totally so thing. many different. She wasn't one thing. Like, I feel like all her songs were slightly different because, you know, they weren't all like, the same um, genre or fall into the same category. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, no, totally. Well, and think about, like, like I can see why that would be more influential because, like, Alanis was, like, a an extremely complex woman who was she singing was. about things that woman, women feel. And it's, like, if you – yeah, like, we had, if you, like, Fiona Apple and there was, like, Shirley Manson and all of these other, like, female artists at the time – but Alanis was really like they said it in the documentary, making it possible for oh. these other women to like relate. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, it's, like, relatable. Know, so, yeah, because it wasn't people thought that there wasn't a market for women, so that's why it was men, a uh, men's dominated market, I suppose. You know, I mean, it still is. I mean, yeah, but kind of. I mean, it's different now, but yeah, like. You know, it's funny. I actually, I talked to like Lauren early on the phone and we were, I was like, yeah, this is kind of like, this is like my childhood. This is like, mm-hmm. it really just at that age, you it's different. You've been five, six years old, being 11, 12, 13. That, those are like, you remember everything so clearly, you know, like the, the impact that music has on you, had on you then. And yeah, I, I feel like I love, obviously you guys know this, but I love, um, Oh my god, sixties. Oh, um, oh my god, Janis Joplin. Oh uh, Janis. Okay. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think for me, I don't think there was anyone. I mean, Nina Simone as well, but very different, you know, because obviously very different kind of music. But I just saw that she was like the coolest woman ever. Like the, her voice, everything about her was just wild. Her personality, her fashion, everything. I. And then when Alanis Mercy came out, I was thinking, oh, my God, this is so cool because I haven't seen anyone, like, you couldn't even compare to Janis Joplin in that sense, you know? Yeah, she was kind of one of those first um, of the 90s, yeah. And she was, like, so – you didn't really see women – I mean – the way she even moved, like how she died. No, I love her stage mannerism so much. She just has so much energy. You can just tell. Like, she's just – it's not a show. Like, that's just who she is, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. This is the problem that, I mean, not, I have a lot of kind of, not issues, but I felt this way about Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani was like, 
I feel like Gwen Stefani was like the girl that I like always wished I was, but knew I wasn't, knew I mm-hmm. couldn't ever be. But Alanis was like even more relatable because she was like you. I wrote down my first note was I love in the beginning when it opens up with the montage of her walking on stage and yeah. just keeps showing all the different times. And every time she was just wearing like a baggy shirt and just baggy pants like she never had on like no. tight skirts t- like long dresses like midriffs nothing didn't but, like but that. Yeah. no and Gwen Stefani I was like I'll never look like her Ooh, like yeah. she looks so glamorous and she has the I mean she had an amazing style but it wasn't really like relatable because I was like no. I would feel like I'm wearing a costume if I was gonna wear that outside I mean it was cool but well, it, but also you know. I think I mean maybe it's different who knows right but I do see in about Gwen Stefani that a, a part of their thing was the style, and whether that was on purpose or not, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they knew. Like all musicians at the time knew that they kind of need to look cool in order to to be successful, and they had to like stand out in in one way, you know. Like, and I feel like it's it's so true. Like Alanis Morissette was so talented, and she didn't need to do that. And she didn't want to do that. Like, I feel like it's if she hadn't had the experience that she had growing up as a like child actor and then musician from a young age, I don't think she would have been the same performer because I think all those years of being like completely controlled and like, like by men, you know, in the industry and not really allowing her to do anything she wanted to do, just created what we know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because she was so inspired to write and just to let it all out and to just do whatever she wanted and not even to look the way she wanted. Like, I love when she talks about that photo shoot for Rolling Stone. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. She's like, the stylist put me in this clothes. And yeah, probably love me. tight stuff or, like, something like pretty, like you know. Cut. Yeah. yeah. And she's probably like, no, I don't wear this. <laughs> like, not at all. It's so cool. I mean, she was just, like, again, like, next level, like, super inspiring, or, like, a feminist, but not the annoying feminist that, the type that we know now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. She was also way more, uh, I really, I mean, I mean, everyone knows if you are really are younger and did not understand or didn't really get the vibe of, of the nineties, like rock scene, or especially for women in it, definitely watch this and pause this right now and go and listen to Jagged Little Pill. Listen to it from beginning to end without shuffling, like from the very beginning to the very end and then come back because this, that album is just so great. You can hear everything she says too. It's not mm-hmm. some an album where you you know sometimes people when they sing you don't know what they're saying, but you can really clearly hear everything she's saying, and she just has such a great, just a songwriting style. Just her lyrics are just. I feel like the guy who was an A and R who heard like thirty seconds and he was like, "Yes," <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right." Like as soon as he heard it, he was like, "I want this. I want this. I want to help her. Like I want to sign her. I want to do everything." So and the guy that helped her with uh, the music, you know, the oh, first Glenn, album. Glenn Ballard, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he seems I mean, great. He mm-hmm. seems so cool. Like how amazing, right? And refreshing for her to meet someone that just wanted to create something cool that you need to fit into anything you know yeah totally um but yeah i mean i really just think she like she's such a talented songwriter from a young age mm-hmm. like it's just how do you write songs like that it's so true and i think they made a point about it in the documentary like who can write stuff like that like she was just so wise beyond her years and like so mature like almost she's lived so much like i feel the same way about fiona apple 
Yeah. yeah. Another next level. Yeah, Tori Amos is another one that song. is a really great songwriter. I'm not a massive Ani DeFranco fan, but I have a lot of friends who were in the 90s and I think probably still are. I never really got into her that much, but they really like her as almost that type of figure too. Like a cult, yeah. like a cult kind of underground. Well, she's not mm-hmm. really underground. She's a little bigger than underground. But, but yeah, like that. We just had so many great... We had so many differing genres. It, it not everyone sounded the same. It was, you know, if you like this, you can go here. If you kind of want to listen to this, they have this kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. Now it just feels like it's all kind of the same type of beats, the same type of hooks, it's like the same aesthetic. It, like, if yeah, you, if you don't have that cool aesthetic, like, yeah, and that's a big like. I always thought I was like, damn, am I just jaded? Like, am I not like being open minded enough to like enjoy? like what is being written currently yeah, in the I, state but honestly like like this is my hot take i just don't think it's um it's as original as like what has been out previously like mm, yeah. it, it's all it's, and i think that kind of contributes into like instagram culture and mm-hmm. like social media influencer just, culture yeah. because like mm-hmm. th- there wasn't that and so there was more room for creativity and individualism but now i feel like with like algorithms and yeah influencers aesthetic is so important that yeah you can hear the same band 50 times on spotify like it's gonna be it's gonna be different bands but they're all gonna sound the same well also is the thing about like everyone has everyone is you i mean we all are influenced by what we see right and we just end up seeing the same everyone is a clone everyone i mean it's not getting to the you know kardashians but like oh god this culture <laughs> of like people just copy what they already see and then everybody's copying each other so then we end up with the same products you know everyone looking or doing very similar music back then you didn't have that i love it when they talk about the radio and i just mm-hmm. made a note it's just so funny it's like oh yeah you remember that thing it used <laughs> to be called the radio and like it was the coolest thing how you just be surprised by a song that came out and then you will wait until they they say what it was and if you oh. missed it you had to like just have you it know, on all the time that would be such a and you would feeling. request songs remember when you used to call and really I never song. called. Oh my god! But I, I made, but I made tapes. I still have radio tapes from like yeah. HFS, which was the so rock cool. station we had here. So cool. I just um, remember like cool. the, the like you'd be waiting all day, like you're listening to the radio all day, and you're just freaking waiting for that one song, and then it plays, and you're like, oh, you have to wait another like eight hours to hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the countdowns they would do at like nine o'clock. They'd have like the top ten songs. Or whatever, and it'd be cool. You're like, oh, it's gonna be number one. Like, what's the most requested yeah. song? It was just, it was just. Yeah. I think it was. I feel like we're in a musical time that's pretty comparable to the '80s. Yeah, yeah. And what happened before Nirvana bubbled up in like the late '80s, and there was kind of a lull. Like in a lot of documentaries, you see this. Like Thurston Moore talks about it from Sonic Youth and stuff. Um, in this one show I was watching, and he, it talks about like how the '70s had you know, like the sixties and seventies were like, whoa, whoa, crazy. You know, music was fucking everywhere. Rock was huge. And then the seventies had their time. And then it got like, 
you know, there was kind of a, then disco happened. And then, you know, then it kind of went away. Then we kind of got into like electronic, but then it, everything went underground and it started to be metal. Like metal was the new thing. Mm. And it was all like Molly Crew, like excess, like, cause it wasn't excess before. It was like, that was the opposite. It was like hippies and, you know, non-consumerism and all that kind of stuff. And then it was like, no, total consumerism, like girls and drugs and lights and sunset strip and all that other shit. And then, then that eventually burned out because people were like, eh, whatever, this is weird. But that whole scene was there. It just wasn't, you know, the people on the radio weren't going to play it because they wanted what made money, which is what they do now. Like, if you listen yeah. to, like, Doja Cat, who – I like Doja Cat's beats, but I'm sure she's got a producer that's doing, you know, like, everyone's there are probably, like, five producers out there right now that are yeah, probably sure. making all – of the record, just like they did when like Britney Spears came out. Max Martin fucking owns pop music. I mean, yeah, they're all the same. Who's that new guy? I, I'm having a brain fart. He's from Bleachers and he's worked with St. Vincent and Lord and Taylor Swift. Isn't that Jack Antonoff? Jack Antonoff. Yeah. You yeah. know what? He. <laughs> Why does he get to control pop music? He was <laughs> going out with like Lena Dunham forever. Oh, like, I think they were engaged. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I love the reaction. Goes, Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what? I I've I've heard things about Lena Dunham, but I've honestly I've never gone full into why people hate her this much. I just um, you know, I just like being judged sometimes. So, <laughs> we don't hate her. She's, She's so annoying. cringy. She's yeah. the yeah. definition of cringy. Yeah, cringy. I have no hate for her, but yeah, sometimes she does things. You're just like, oh why <laughs> like why'd you do that i just remember when when she was in once upon a time in hollywood i was like go away oh yeah you don't I get heard to be a part of this family <laughs> yeah right and she was like trying to it was so lame there this behind not oh, behind the scenes but they shot her like next to brad pitt and like she was trying to get so close to him and she like tried very... to like make out with his face she was like on like right next to him on some red carpet for that movie and she was like on top of him and he was trying to be he like so oh. bad yeah, he was trying to be funny like oh haha, thanks I'd have been like, please get off of me. <laughs> get off of me right now. I do not want this. There's a really great article um, that Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance gave to something. I don't remember where. But it was recent. And it, they were asking him about guitar music. Like, why they think that, why he thinks that guitar music is not popular. And he said, well, you know, it is. He's actually coming out with Fender and releasing a guitar based on sketches that Kurt Cobain has done. Now, I love Kurt Cobain as much as the next person, but can we let the man rest? Really? I mean, do mm. we now apparently the new Batman, Robert Pattinson, did a whole interview and I've seen director it. about how it's based on Kurt Cobain. I was like, oh, oh I mean, what no the soundtrack? They did that cover. I I was oh, like, I don't mind the soundtrack. I mean, it's, actually, it's, it's a pretty good cover. Like, yeah, that's that's okay. But why are we like basing why are we literally doing everything like there are a lot of other artists out there. I mean, we can explore other people. We can talk about Lane Staley. I mean, they don't even have to be people that died either. I mean, we can still talk about like Eddie Vedder. We can still talk about people that are still here. And I feel like I feel bad that I'm I'm sure like Francis is like, sweet Jesus. Like, I get it that he was this, you know, like larger than life figure. But it's like he's the only one that seems to be like but trying to be the savior, you know? Yeah. But, and I mean, I mean again, what does that say? Like, people keep going back to the past and, like, all the musicians because there isn't anything great anymore. There isn't. It's just, like, I was thinking about my, you know, my 
Spotify Wrapped thing. Oh yeah. Like, this is the saddest year in music. I barely explore. Yeah. I had I mean it was I, I you know, I was pretty chill, so the kind of music that I was listening to was pretty chill too, but um I keep listening it's sad in the sense that I keep repeating the same artists. They're like mm. older musicians, you know what I mean? It's because there isn't anything exciting. Like there are a lot of new artists, but it's music that I don't like. The trend is rap, hip hop, that kind of thing. And it's not my thing. So um, for me, nothing really is coming out, you know, that I'm excited about. It's hard to find. I think one thing I will give Spotify credit for, even though they're like, horrible with paying out artists and i really hope that in the next five years there's either a rival or something's done even in legislation that makes it illegal for them to pay or essentially not pay the artists what they do pay because it's it's really ridiculous how much money they have and the guy who owns spotify i saw that i think he's like swedish or something and i saw that he like put some investment in some company that makes weapons like they are not doing good things with the money that they give that you're giving oh, them wow. and you've given them this license and I, I follow the guy from eve six on twitter who's like a really hilarious uh twitter follow um, max collins is the lead singer of eve six but they're like an alt rock band from the late 90s and he always posts things about spotify because he's like they had a massive song in the 90s and he always posts about like yeah we don't make shit we make like jules you know like it's like a what like I, a hundredth tell, of a one cent per yeah stream? i will tell everyone like, if you want to support an artist that you like, go to Bandcamp, because Bandcamp, you will actually get paid every single time someone downloads a song or an album, I get, like, 75% of it. And, That's and then just on- with streaming, too. Oh, what, what was that? That's just with streaming, you mean. Uh, not buying it, but even just streaming it on Bandcamp. Um, you can, yeah, you can do that too. I oh, think. can you do that too? Yeah, yeah, you have mm-hmm. to pay for it after you listen to it a certain amount of times. Um, oh, that's cool. Well, that's cool. I, I, th- I think that's what it is. But like, um, but Bandcamp is honestly like the only way that like I feel is um, like that's like the moral way to listen to music is through like Bandcamp. Granted, like I use Spotify all the time. But if I want to support someone, like, you know, and they have Bandcamp Friday where, you know, the music will go to them 100%. Like, I know, you know, throughout all the years of Spotify, like, the only time I make money off of music is through Bandcamp. God. Yeah. That's insane. Well, and imagine, like, imagine what it was like, you know, um, like, the time that Alanis was doing music like that was like the the height of cds and like like artists were being paid you know very well (laughs) i mean i I don't really know because i wasn't there but it just from compared to what it is now like you know and when you also think about like the shows that they were playing they're probably getting paid you know pretty pretty decent amount because if she had five people in her band right yeah, yeah, I remember there was also that there's so many people involved in the whole process, like the producer, the mm-hmm. like the agent, whatever it is, and then all these people were always trying to rip the artists off by taking money from them. Yeah, uh, you had to really. I mean, she even kind of touched on it briefly how it's hard because you don't know who you can trust. Like you might have people pretending that they love you and they really care about you as an artist, but they might be, you don't know what, how they're managing your money. It's when someone no. is saying they're literally doing all the finances for you, and like booking concerts and big shows. It's so easy to lose money there. You know what I mean? To, you see what I mean? To the see biggest, it, like transparency, like full transparency with where the money is going. 
the biggest upset for me in the music industry that I could not believe because they were also a massive part of me growing up was the group TLC. Like I was obsessed with TLC. It was like 10. They made like no money. And when they won that Grammy, I think it was a Grammy they won. And they actually, you know, they have the press, like after they get it on the award stage, but then you see them backstage and the people ask them, all the journalists ask them the questions. They actually said, which was so brave, like we made no money. Like our labels stole money from us. And it's a huge scandal. You can look that up. But they're massive. Everybody knows Waterfall is crazy, sexy, cool. I mean, you're talking about like millions. Like they were everywhere. They were crossover. It, you know, it was like everyone knew them on the radio everywhere and MTV. And they got totally shafted by their label. And oh, I also want to give an addendum because I didn't want to like speak out of turn about the Spotify owner. There is a Vice article from December of this year where Daniel Eck invested $113 million in Helsing AI, which is a military company that uses AI to um, like... Uh, you know, uh, like battlefields, like to redesign battlefields and things like that. So a lot of musicians were um, boycotting it because it's like a military AI company wow. and that he, that's what he was investing in. So I wasn't wrong. It was not specifically weapons, but something with like integrating data from infrared video, sonar and radio frequencies, sensors on military vehicles, real time wow. battlefields, which is, I don't begrudge anyone investing whatever they want to invest in, but just the fact that you're not paying the um artists all of this money and you're making it your platform yeah exactly that's where you're getting that money from to invest you didn't make it from whatever you know what i mean like you're kind of making it in a weird way so that is kind of fucked up but i hope they find some legislation or something like because it's not it's just not right like all these people you know it's like Mm -mm. back then people had to buy albums which is why people made so much money because you weren't buying a single you had to spend the $15 to buy the entire album. Yeah. So record sales were just massive because now people listen to one song. It's true. You know? So that's why they don't make as much. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's touring, I guess, now, And there right? was all the shows, remember? There's so many sh- I mean, <sighs> I guess it's, I don't know. It's yeah. kind of nuts. It's super nuts. So I also wrote down that I bought, I didn't know it was a Broadway play. Yeah, it's cool. I had no idea. I was like, what? There's a play? That's so fucking cool. I totally want to see it. I would be into it, honestly. Yeah, I'm curious. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like musicals, so. Oh, that's right. Um, I'm I'm so curious to see the new West Side Story, too. But I'm going to yeah. see Oh, my oh God. God. Everyone's talking about it. I really want to see it. it. I've yeah, Matthew's like parents are like so gutted. They just want to see it, but you know, my mom is very like against it. Um, against it? Yes, because she is obsessed with the original one. Yeah, the original is uh, amazing. It's incredible. Like it, it's literally probably one of the most perfect films ever made. And um, it's and the dancing is just. I mean, you you can't beat that. You're not going to beat Rita Moreno. <laughs> You're, it's yeah. not going to happen. Like it, it just will not happen. And but and then Ansel Elgort, the guy who's playing Tony, they say is literally like a turnip. Like he's awful. Like he has no emotion at all. And he has also some problematic allegations against him, which was oh, man. I don't know why they didn't recast him, but that's a whole other issue. But but yeah, so I yeah I want to see that. But I, I think musicals are not. I mean, it'd be weird if it was a movie. If they did the Jagged Little Pill, like, as a movie musical, like La La Land, mm. something that would be kind of weird. But, yeah, I didn't know it was a musical, which is really cool to find out. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I was, yeah. like, shocked. I'm, like, I mean, cool. Like, you know. Um, I'm, a, I'm like a musical nerd, so I would love to see it. Oh, are you really? Are you a musical nerd? Yeah. I mean, I guess not. not I mean, I am a 
I am a casual musical nerd, but I grew up like, <laughs> like I would like recreationally just watch, you know, watch musicals like on my free time. That was like what I wanted to do like for my birthday. I like, wanted to go see musicals. Like, oh, that's cool. Um, but, but I, I don't know, like, I know there's like a lot of like deep cut type of musicals and I'm not that far in, but no, I know the oldies from like my mom would show me when I was a kid, like fifties and sixties, but I don't know the new ones. I don't know like high school musical. Oh no. I was very into like, like more of the darker musicals. Like there's like Chicago, Sweeney Todd, like the opera, um, like Hairspray was like one of my favorites. Like one of the best. (laughs) Um, I freaking love Hairspray. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny but that's so funny. i guess i i keep getting off track uh today on this episode <laughs> that's okay <laughs> that's okay oh also um i bought the acoustic album that was the 10th anniversary of this that came out in 05 and it was only first available at starbucks before it opened wide and i remember oh, wow. going to the starbucks to buy it like i remember <laughs> yeah. being like oh my god she recorded the entire jagged little pill acoustic for the the new uh the new record and it was so cool i think it's probably on spotify now but i mean it's it's like um it's it's cool like you can hear i mean you can find it it's not like a you know hard to find thing but it was first on cd at starbucks i remember being like oh my god that's so cool yeah so it was pretty cool but um and also i wrote alana's literally to me is like a warm comfy blankie like (laughs) i hear her again and i'm like oh it makes me feel like how i did when i first heard this it's so totally. that's yeah, exactly I yeah I, I watch those just like oh my god i remember being that age and like singing along to ironic it's just mm-hmm. such a yeah. good song there was this i forgot who it was in the documentary but they say something they're like you know they they always bring up alanis being just so angry like she's yeah. angry but, but he says he says what about the the joy and the excitement and the happiness um that people get from listening to her and i totally related to that because i said yeah everyone thinks she's so angry but when i'm listening to alanis it's um yeah it it brings me back to this like very happy nostalgia like and i don't feel angry at all when i'm listening to her like when i'm singing forget who's writing this this. it's just men Mm -hmm. literally all the all the script is where all those articles and everything was just men because men don't understand. Like this is like an issue, you know. There's like, I mean, maybe it's changing now, but men just always put it up to like, oh, women are angry and emotional and like crazy, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. what men. A lot of men still think. And they kind of like, stereotype. excuse me, have you guys heard in utero? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hello. There's like, you're entire, gonna call Atlantis angry. Yeah. There's an entire like base on like a music base of you know angry rock. Like, have you ever heard punk music? No. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, but it's a woman, so that's what's different. Oh, God forbid. You God forbid. Men, and it's like if somehow if you're in a fucking dude like singing or like you know playing punk, it's cool. But if it's a woman, it's like she's crazy. You know. So I did want to bring up, um, like, there was some controversy about this documentary. I saw that, too. I wanted to say it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I didn't really fully read it. Go ahead. So, yeah. So, you know, I guess uh, when it came out, like, I don't quote me on this, but it's just kind of paraphrasing. Like, Alanis was um, upset about just how the documentary like portrayed certain stories that didn't feel very accurate to her. And, um, you know, it, 
she was kind of telling people like, hey, don't watch this documentary, which of course, like, sorry, Lannis, but it's going to make people want to watch watch it a little bit more Mm -hmm. (laughs) hearing that because they're going to be intrigued like oh why and there was a moment in the documentary because I was kind of waiting for it I was like okay well what's coming up that she didn't like to hear and like when it first started was talking about um the guys in her band Uh and and then um like the the other that was probably like more what she was talking about but you know um trigger warning like there was sexual abuse that was discussed uh you know vaguely but to me it almost seemed like these stories of her bandmates it, it was it was really interesting because here's Alanis being this like feminist icon for all of these young girls who are and it, it ranges from like there were 12 year olds there with their mom to like full grown women you know yeah. and, and men were there too but the bandmates were um you know one of them says like you know they uh every single night they're trying to like hook up with these girls and there's like footage of them talking to like Lauren pointed out they had braces they did those girls were young yeah <laughs> and it's young. And, yeah. and you know she was very clear of like you know she um, she didn't approve of like that behavior and it really upset her because it was basically against everything that she stood for. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was a little interesting with that. With that Yeah. Dynamic. I wanted to ask you that too. I was like, okay, now that you know that, is there anything that you can think? I, because I have my opinion on it. Like I feel that I can't really find what she means by she's not happy in the with the final product or like the direction that the director went with the, with the documentary. Like, I feel like she agreed to uh, to answer those questions when they were asked. So we don't know whether maybe she said in the end, maybe don't include that because I've changed my mind. But I don't think anything was twisted in my opinion. Like it was very pretty straightforward. They asked yeah. her about certain things and they asked. Uh, Taylor, you know, who's mm-hmm. one of the band members. And He's now on the Foo Fighters. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Fighters. But he, like, he, I feel like it's different if they had tried to twist the, their answers to make, to create a different narrative, but they didn't. I feel like it's just pretty much, like, what happened, you know? He talks about it, and she, and they both say, like, Taylor says, we were doing this, and then when she found out, she was so pissed with us. She was not happy. And it was very clear that she wasn't part of it, you know, and that she wasn't happy when she found that. So I don't, that's the only part that I can think of because they didn't even really explore the abuse or rape that went on, that happened. No. It was very, very, very brief. Like she just put it out there and she said she didn't want to talk at the time and she didn't want to talk about it because she didn't want to, like, uh, she was protecting her family, some people yeah. that she worked with, whatever. And- but I don't think they needed to go in depth either. I just don't know. I'd like to really ask her, like, what is it that you don't like about the, the documentary that, you know, because I don't think it was at any point it turned, like, in a way that was, like... Yeah. I, think, I, you know what I, mean? I agree with that. And, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll totally let you let you jump in. Um, but my, my only, like, thing of that, too, is, like, yeah, they didn't go fully into the abuse that occurred, but she, she makes this point about like, you know, again, being angry. She's like, I'm not being angry. I'm just like expressing these feelings. Like this is, it was almost like a coping mechanism to Mm -hmm. be able to like express these feelings. And, um, and I thought that was totally appropriate. So it was, was. yeah, Yeah. 
So that that yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that, Jai. Well, I, I just feel like sorry, Lauren. No, no, it's okay. Go ahead. No, I in the LA Times article that says that she yeah. bashes it, I think the only thing that I saw that she said was that she was more she believed that it was gonna be more about just the album. But if that was the case, then they shouldn't have asked her about how she exactly. got started in the industry. Well, they should have well, started with her writing the album, I guess. Exactly. And I do think that they do a pretty good job of focusing on that album. But mm-hmm. obviously they kind of I thought it was nice that they touched like how she started and like her. I had no that. idea no, she made me, pop music. Neither. Oh I did. She's a little but, uh, Katy Perry Avril Levine. Yeah, so I had no idea. Well actually Katy Perry I think did like religious music, like Christian music, not pop. But Avril did like like more poppy music and then she tried yeah, to be pop. I knew rock. that about Katy Perry and the other girls, but mm-hmm. I had no idea. But one thing that it says in this article as well is just uh she doesn't really want to elaborate exactly like what she doesn't like about the documentary, but she just says that she was interviewed during a very vulnerable time in the midst of her third postpartum depression during lockdown. Again, it could be a matter of she just change her mind about what she put out yeah. there and that was used in the documentary. And uh, again, she probably wanted just to be about the music, the, the yeah. music, but she ended up answering questions that were more personal. But I don't think that was the director's uh, mistake or, you know what I mean? I think they included it and I guess she maybe didn't want that and she changed her mind as soon as she gave those those interviews but and who knows what the contract was like who knows if she even had a lot of times when you sign off on things like that you don't have a final cut in what actually gets made into the documentary and maybe something was supposed to be off the record and but you know maybe she was telling something in context to what she was about to say but then they included the before part and she you know we we just don't know we don't know even the director might have hbo might have screened it and said no we want you to focus more on x y and z so we want you to recut it because we want people to be talking about it. Oh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, there are a bunch of things that, that well, could have happened. I yeah. know that when you do a documentary, like, you're supposed to... You, there isn't such a thing. Like, I mean, maybe there are some basic things, like we're not going to cover that or that, and we're just going to focus on that. But they, you have to trust the director when you do a documentary that they're going to tell the story right. You can't... As you say, you don't really get to see... You don't have a say mm-hmm. when you do the first cut or whatever. But... I think she should have not given answered those questions if she didn't want it to even be considered for the documentary. You yeah, know what like I mean? that's not what I want to focus on. Like, let's. If they ask me something as an artist, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. We don't need to talk about that. But she, she was happy to answer, and I actually think it was really nice to see it because she didn't really go into detail. You know, it was just no. very much like I was protecting. My family, and again, it probably was something along the lines of like what happened to a lot of women in the nineties, where they were super young and they didn't think that it was sexual harassment or anything because they didn't even know what that meant. And it was mm-hmm. much like they fancied an older person and they agreed to have sex with them, and they were completely oblivious that was kind of really a crime, and that. You know what I mean? It was scary when she was like, I was 12, <sighs> and they were like, oh, I'm a little too scared. 13, a little too scared. 14, eh, 15, all bets off. I was like, yeah. wow, 15 was the age that they these, like, way older men were, like, you know, like, seemed to have some kind of okay. Like, they were okay with approaching uh, yeah. you like that. Like, But it sounds like ugh. she was sent quite 
quite often on her own with yeah, I was gonna say on tour and like, to record and like you're 14 and you're traveling with a bunch of men that you're working with that's I mean that's obviously lot. your parents were trusted I mean like, let's not get into that but I mean it's like the whole Michael Jackson thing all over yeah, again, that they, mm-hmm. yeah parents can be so blinded by like what's going Money. on and like yeah, and also Game, the kids' happiness because they can see that this is what they want to do with their life. But I can never imagine l- l- allowing my child to get on a plane. We were just talking about letting them be on TikTok, let alone <laughs> getting on a fucking... Nowadays? Oh, no, no, you're not even going to, like, the mailbox. No, like, I know. <laughs> like, a plane with a bunch of men? Like, I wouldn't even do this as an yeah. adult. Like, I would but be I, freaked out. I hope that maybe, like, if she sees the, the, how the, the documentary is being received, that she mm-hmm. might change her mind because she said that she doesn't want to support the documentary at all because she's just not happy with it. But I, I honestly thought they did a really great job in the way they portray her. Like, Yeah, I love it, her. Yeah, I like her. Without turning it into something really, um, like, the one that we were talking talking about uh, on Brittany Murphy oh, right? Brittany Murphy yeah. that it was very much like gossipy like mm-hmm. it wasn't like that I thought it was just really beautiful actually the way they did it and and really great to see the contact sheets and all the oh my gosh that was one of my favorite were, highlights know, all amazing. those photos I was yeah. like I just want to take photos like this forever for every artist I love all of these so people. cool oh she did yeah it's such a really interesting things like Females in the industry, Madonna. <laughs> yeah, I found exactly. this is to Madonna's label. I love. I love. Okay, sorry, but I really love when they when 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 she's asked why why not have you obviously like a feminist and like whatever why not have an all female band? I know. And I was she, messed Jules about this. I love that. She was like, "We come on, we talk about this right all the time, like uh-huh. challenges with women." I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I know all about it. Like we know all about it. Like." It's so tough. It's so tough. And most of the time, this is what happens. You end up being the girl that hangs out with just boys because you feel safer and, like, more comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. I Sad. mean, I, I can relate. <laughs> Jules? Jules, like, yeah. Do you know anything about this? But I, Of course I mean, you do. Would you have an all-female uh, band? I mean, no. it sounds like it would be awesome in theory, and I've tried doing it, but, like, I gotta, I gotta say, like, yeah, I'm in a band with, with four dudes and like, I, I don't think I could ever change that dynamic. (laughs) Thankfully, one of them is your partner. God knows what would happen if one, if one wasn't. And it was just like four single dudes. (laughs) But I also, I also kind of like relate to that feeling of like, just being one of the guys, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's this, uh, you know, she was talking about like when she was younger and they would just like refer to her as like, Oh, the third boy. Like when I, when I'm with my bandmates, I very much, I mean, there's definitely a, um, and they kind of brought this up. It's like, what's it like being in a band with a girl? And it, it does kind of balance it out. I feel for the men, but like, I just, um, as, as much as I would dream and love and want to be in a band with all women. Like um, there is a balance in like getting to work with, with the guys. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I can, I can totally imagine. It's more comfortable. It's more comfortable for some reason. I don't know why I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but um, I, I feel like, I feel like it would be much harder to, um, to start an all girl band. 
Well, she said, um, she said, like, I think the interviewer asked, you know, why didn't you have an all because, you know, they she interviewed and like auditioned all the people for the for the, you know, backup band. And she was like, uh, also, I have a different impression of Taylor. I didn't know that much. I knew Taylor was Alanis's drummer, but I didn't know too much about him. Damn. I also find it really strange and, and weird that I, I'm in any documentaries on just about 90s female fronted bands because there's so many mm-hmm. there's like no doubt there's garbage you know, like there are a whole lot where there's just one one woman and then the rest are men and I just want to know like they should all get together and do like a round table oh and, my god I'll just talk and be like hey yeah, so what was yours was so like cool. like what tour did you have blah, blah 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 like what was crazy or what was wasn't crazy and um then she talks about how she's like yeah well you know in the 90s it was like there can only be one like it was like this scarcity thing like there was yeah. only one girl and if I had other women like there was always this kind of like they're trying to take my spot like they're they're gonna inherently be jealous and one yeah. is gonna try to like creep in or probably background sing a little too loud you know like it's unspoken competition Mm -hmm. it's totally and you know i think that happens sometimes with like with like men too but it's different it's totally it's so different Mm -hmm. yeah like there there's definitely like i know i've experienced unspoken like competition with like being on another bill with like a you know um like a woman singer and the rest of you know, the band or guys, like there's definitely been un and it's weird. Cause I'm always like, why is this here? And like, I don't typically feel like I'm the one starting it, but it's there. And I'm yeah. like, why, why is this here? <laughs> yeah. Why is this happening? God, it's, it's so, I also love when she said that her album felt like a perfect poetic tantrum. I just, yes. love, I love her words. A poetic tantrum. That's what I mean. She just writes so beautifully. Yeah. Like she just, it's so true. Like you never really question that line, but it, it's it's so true. Like you just so you, you don't really think about it. How great those lyrics were of like a thousand spoons. Um, oh yeah, like ten thousand spoons, what, and all you need is a knife. It's, it's a knife. It's so like, great. I know, and you can just see her even now. Like when she was being interviewed, she's just so with it. She's just so like such an artist, and like the way she. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just she Does really it? just knows how to communicate and like how to. Um, yeah, I love the way she talks and the way she she just thinks things. You know what I mean? Like, I want the music box, Courtney Love. So cool. I need. I want like this train wreck story of like. I mean, I know that like Courtney's so problematic, but I I want to read this memoir. I mean, I know I that don't, I don't necessarily. Because I, don't I think do. That we're gonna get is gonna be the. I truth. don't care. I really just want to but know what's gonna what be fifty percent fantasy. And but you don't know that everything facts. else you read isn't. I mean, we can't take anyone, and we can't take anyone's word. I've learned this from reading and listening to all these Hollywood podcasts. Everything is fake. Everything. It comes to music. It comes to movies. It comes to <laughs> it gossip. Is. Everyone is fucking fake. Well, that's I nice, think everything though, right? is. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's Hollywood. It's not like you know politics. It's not like a serious thing. But I feel like everything is taken with a grain of salt, and I just want to be able to. I just want to hear. I just really want to hear what she's going to say. I want to know what her... Everyone's been telling her story. She's had little blips here and there, but I want to know, like... I want to know more about... There is a band... There's a documentary about her drummer, I believe. Was it Patty something? There's a documentary about, like, the whole drummer. But I think I want, like, a whole... I want a Courtney Love exploration. I want, like, other people interviewed about her. I don't really need yeah. to see her, but I want to know what other people are going to say about her. Much like this one, you know, where she's there, but then they have, like, the drummer and all that kind of stuff. Now, with Taylor, 
I thought it was kind of weird that okay, so they finished the Jagged Little Pill tour, which seemed with incredible Radiohead. with fucking Radiohead opening yeah, for God's this sake. This is my comment, <laughs> guys. You should have let me talk about it because that's my favorite band. Thanks. No, you yeah, can, no, you, you bring it up. You you talk about it. Yeah, you can talk about no. it. I was just gonna it's mention Taylor. You just put it out there. But yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, what the fuck? She op- they opened for her like, and then I love how she was like, oh yeah, I just wanted to hang out with Tom. I know? know. But then he was just like, so like I think he just clicked more with the boys <laughs> they so were writing just... okay computer at the time <laughs> i was I like know. they were too busy writing so their dark cute. side of the moon they didn't have time to be like hobnobbing <laughs> with uh and i love how taylor is like you know with tom thumb thumb <laughs> I felt so bad for her because I feel like I've been in that situation. Because, I mean, obviously, not not to that degree, but like, like um, Radiohead opening for you? No, no, like, yeah, Radiohead's open. No, no, um, like you just see a, a band that like you really like want to go hang out with, like you know, after a show, and you've listened to them before, and you're just so excited that like you're playing the show with them. And they have no interest in talking to you. <laughs> Wait, can I ask you a question it's, on uh-huh. that? Like, was it? Did, did you feel that way with when you opened for Dev Hind? Oh, nice little name drop in there. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay, I don't. Tell it. I don't even yeah. think I got to be in the same room as him. But I really wanted to meet him and talk to him. I bet uh, he would have been totally chill. Yeah, though. he would have been cool. I think. I think he's cool. Yeah, I, I feel like it would have been great. But yeah, there's just some situations where it's like, oh, yeah, um, this green room, like, uh, and this is like when I open up, they're like, yeah, this is like for them only. Like, you can wait in the hallway. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. In the hallway. Like, I've, I've had that happen in New York, like, multiple times, but whatever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> you just go get high in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love that it was Radiohead. I swear, Radiohead open for them? Yeah, that I took know. two hours to say. Sound check? Of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. I mean, of course. I mean, oh, it's so, it's so yeah, That would have been a cool show. Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, where was this? Where was I? Oh, God. Was Wait. it 95? If that this came was? out, yeah, Probably. if this came out in. Psychic in, Computer came out in 96. So. If this came out in 95 and then she went to Woodstock 99, mm-hmm. what record had she put oh. out by then? Because I was curious. Unplugged about- was 99 when she did the Unplugged album, but she had the supposed former infatuation junkie was in 98. That was her I second saw- record. Because this was actually the first time I had seen any um, like live footage of her performing, which was super dope because mm-hmm. I had only seen like, because I-, I grew up just watching, you know, like, MTV and VH1 music videos of hers. Like, so I never really like experienced a live. So this was the first time really seeing it. And I was like, damn, this would have been so cool to see at Woodstock 99. But I feel like God help us. Why was she even on that boat? Yeah, yeah, no, she she's too good for that. She's way <laughs> yeah. too good to be there. Like than to be there. She she didn't need to be there. And uh like, could- she was playing in the daytime before shit like popped off. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Wow. 
Woodstock 99, man. I, I'm i still, like, kind of scarred emotionally from that episode. If if you guys are new and um, <laughs> you are listening now but have not listened, we did do um, an episode on Woodstock 99. Definitely check it out because it we out. shit talk. Yeah, it's a hot mess. <laughs> it's the same series that this is in Music Box, which I actually like this little series that HBO has going. They have DMX, I think, so, is one of them. And they have, like, Juice World, who's a rapper, who I don't know, but I know I think he died. I wonder if they're gonna do one about Astro World. Oh, they, I mean, they will probably. They will. Yeah, and like a isn't there one on on Hulu? They took it down because everybody screamed on Twitter about yeah, it because the people that. were like had just died. I like know. they were like, this how is, it's so to be making a documentary about this? Like, how are they gonna do things going forward? Like, I want to know how I, this makes me that incident because this is not the first time anything like that has happened, but it's probably in the first time of social media. That that's happened where we've all known about it in real time. We have all these videos of people who are in the crowd physically. So I I mean, I'm really freaked out by massive crowds now, even more than I was before. Yeah. That it seems now and just the way that, um, you know, artists are either they don't have proper security and they don't have this and that. And I read something the other day that said that now the like Live Nation and another promoter is now the people who are contracted to work at the festival, like people who are checking wristbands and other people working, they have to sign an addendum to their employee contract that says they won't get paid the rest of their amount unless they agree not to sue. I was like, excuse me, how the fuck is that legal to not withhold so- money from them unless they sign something that says that that they that they can't sue. I was like, if they had horrible work conditions or were understaffed or whatever it was, and they were paid oh, wow. seven fifty an hour, and this motherfucker is like worth so much money, and I'm sure got oh, so yeah, much money to ma- play. The tickets were so expensive. I'm like, mean, what the fuck? So how are they going to make another like? I think Coachella is happening next year, and there's actually going to be a Primavera in LA here now, which is oh, crazy because wow. I want to go to one in Spain. Are, yeah, yeah. They do one in Spain. Well, I yeah, I mean, one. I want to go to That's any so of cool. the ones in Europe, really. But yeah, they're doing a Primavera in, I think it is LA next year, I think 22. And I was like, oh God. I was like, but even Coachella, I mean, they're going to have to be cra- The thing is what they're going to do, which is what Coachella has become and offer my side rant about to- Coachella is the beginning of Coachella was like an organic festival. And now it's just so price gouge that it's impossible mm-hmm. for anyone who cares about the music to even afford to go. And I'm a mm-hmm. full blown adult. Even living in California, about 30 miles from where it was, I still could not afford to go because all of the houses are bought out that are in that valley. And, you know, I'm older. I don't want to camp. Like, I have possessions that I care about losing. And, yeah. you know, so I would rather in hotels, everything's jacked up. The prices, it's like over a grand to go oh to Coachella. Oh, easy. And people, it's only what rich about people. Burning Man? That's oh, that's thing. another one that used to be like super underground. You know, it was like relatively easy to go, but now it's been pretty like commercialized. Like a lot of yeah. celebrities go. So it's obviously expensive. it gets more expensive. Yeah, to go. So that's when it gets priced out from real fans. You know, it's not, it's not, it's just about being there. Like Coachella and Burning Man are kind of like, I just want to go to say I went. It has nothing to do with what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. And you can tell with the artists, like fucking Bjork used to play at Coachella and like Radiohead and yeah. like all these super cool bands. And now it's just like it's all rap or it's all whatever's gonna sell Beyonce. It's like cool, Tame but... Impala. Oh, <laughs> like Tame oh. Impala. Imagine Dragons. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, Tame Impala is not that bad. <laughs> uh oh. Tame Impala isn't bad, but well, I just like all I'm I don't know. Say, I have 
I know, I know the mainstream bands, I know, <laughs> but I do follow them, like, since they, like, when they were super unknown, and, like, their first album was great, and their second album was really good, too, and I just, I think it's just more like, um, yeah, it, I don't know, I just don't think of them as, like, artists now, I just think of, like, how great they were, and, like, they, they really make super cool psychedelic, because no one was making psychedelic rock, yeah. Is their music no. still the they same? Happens. It's no, it's poppier now. Oh, definitely okay, more poppy, is. but it's a bit electronic. But it's definitely poppy, you know. It's it's catchy, like it's commercial. But they do. I listen to their older albums, and they're so great. They're so fucking cool. It's completely different sound. It's like a different band. Um, sad. But I kind of have love for them in that sense because I just remember I had a blog and I that, that's the first band that I ever wrote about. So oh, it's just, cool. yeah, it's got like a little special place in my heart. Do you still have the blog? No, I took it down. I'm so afraid of people finding it. I was afraid of people finding it and reading it. I was like, I need to take this down. Wait, did you actually like take it down, like delete the site, or did you just like archive it and make it private? Did you no, keep them so you I could like it. read the I'm entries? Sure. I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, damn. I got a notification from LiveJournal this morning. Be like, someone liked your post. I was like, oh, fuck. I still have a LiveJournal. And I was like, oh, shit, I do. That's crazy. (laughs) That was so funny. Um, Oh, yeah. So about Taylor. So apparently after this massive tour, which ended in Hawaii, which is pretty cool that it ended in Hawaii, which is like, I think, a year and a half, Taylor Hawkins, the drummer, got this notification that Dave Grohl was looking for a drummer for Foo Fighters. And essentially it sounds like, I don't, I'm not really sure on the timeline, but it sounds like he auditioned and then got the role before he, and then he told Alana's like, I'm out. Yeah. And she was I, like, I, I was heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, I feel pretty bad when, when I saw that too, but you know what? I actually don't hold it against him because it's like, we all have to do that. You kind of have to do what's good for you. And like, he probably felt that it was more his vibe. To, to It's like when you apply for a job, you know, and you might have a job that you like and it's cool, but it's not really you. And so you look for another job. I I, I really feel like he had already created, like, a established, like, a bit of a relationship with them because they met before, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They used to, like, hang out and stuff. So, I again, I don't feel – I mean, it sucks for Alanis and it sucks that every everything just ended um, sort of at the same time, like, everyone left – but I, I don't really think he was a bad person for doing that. Like, it just happens, you know? I, I just feel like, I don't think he's a bad person necessarily, but the way that it was kind of shown, I felt like it was it because she didn't approve of your tour behavior. And you thought like another guy would have been cool if you had groupies and you were doing that whole thing, which Alanis was just like, I'm not into that. Like, and when she found out about it and they were all, he was kind of laughing about it. The fact that Slash called him and was like yo i heard you guys were partying even more than us i was like when slash tells you that like what the fuck were y'all doing can i also just say like okay so when i was watching it i was like this guy looks really familiar and i didn't put two and two together because he yeah once they brought up foo fighters i was like yeah that's the dude Mm -hmm. from foo fighters but when he was like talking through like earlier through the interview i thought he was kind of annoying which is funny because his his whole like persona in Foo Fighters, I always thought he was like 
like super funny and like really nice, which I'm sure he probably is. But I was just no. getting like kind of weird. I was getting, I was getting really nasty. I was getting like nasty vibes from him in this intro, like in this uh, documentary, and I I didn't really like him. But he's really mature, and yeah, he's actually not that nice, Jules. Uh, I think people know that. Okay, so my him. intuition was correct. Yeah, I don't hate him because I just like knowing that he's standing next to Dave Roll, and at any time Dave can jump behind those drums and be like, "Get the fuck out! I'm way better than you, dude." Yeah, <laughs> like, mm. way better. <laughs> so and he always says that too which i find funny he's like i think it's really funny that i'm in a band where like the one of the best drummers in rock is like singing and i'm it's back true. here like yeah. trying to do my like you know doing my shit when in the studio i'm sure dave is like yeah you can go home for the day i'll just i'll, just, <laughs> I'll pull a billy corgan and i'm just gonna do this whole shit in the middle of the night and then when the album comes out you guys will think that was your drum take but that wasn't <laughs> like not at all which i can't believe that i want this on the smashing pumpkins i live for the smashing pumpkins band drama like i live for it and is i there a documentary about it um there's not a complete one but there are lots on YouTube which I can link because I really want to talk about it because I find that incredibly interesting. Yeah, all me of the, too. the Smashing Pumpkin shit. So, oh my god, so yeah, I, I kind of sort of can't wait to do more of these music things because I feel like it's just really cool that we've got this kind of behind the scenes look. I didn't know anything about this, I didn't know about the guys taking advantage of her when she was no, young. Me I mean, everything makes more sense now. I love that she never said who you ought to know is about, and she was like, mm. They all think it's about them, they think it's that guy from that TV show. And she's like, All these people are like, Is that about me? And she's like, Why do you think it's about you? <laughs> Why do you think it's about you? <laughs> she's like, There are like eight people that song could be about, know, for some so reason, everyone thinks it's like dave coulier that's really funny <laughs> i think that's really funny that was really cool and um let me see i also love the quote that she said when people ask about why women don't report she's like <laughs> women too. don't wait a, a culture, culture doesn't listen. listen so good uh, yeah that so was really good too. Like, yeah how yeah. she put it and it's true yeah and her fucking videos like as a as a photographer and i honestly wish that i was a music video director in the 90s, I think I, I missed the time because now it's just not a thing. Um, I mean, Stefan Sidnawi did the ironic video. I'm not sure about the other ones, but... I love that video. Love it. I was going to say, which so is your cool. favorite Alonso that one. video? That's my favorite. Is yeah, it? Is ironic. It ironic? Yeah. I like one I you learn. Love. You learn is another uh, mm. like close second for me, too. I like that one. And I was going to say, if anyone wants to see any really cool footage... There's an awesome performance that she did at the MTV VMAs in 96. I actually want to do a uh, another podcast I listen to called Dunzo, which is like a celebrity uh, gossip podcast, which is so fucking cool. Like, go listen to them. They do episodes recently. They do more pop stars, but they have done like rock couples of the 90s and they talk about their relationship and all that kind of stuff. But now they're doing episodes on the VMAs. And I have I've downloaded a few from the archive. It's like archive.org. It's like this giant archive where you can find videos and music of things that have aired on tv and you can download them for you know educational purposes and stuff so i downloaded several of the vmas i would and i have it including the pre-show and the post-show i have the 96 one i would love for us to do it and <gasps> it's like yes. five hours so yeah. you can like have the file and just break it up to watch it i obviously don't expect you to watch it for five hours <laughs> and i would love to just talk about that show because you got like 
all these massive celebrities. It's the year that Smashing Pumpkins won for Tonight Tonight. So they kept winning yeah. all these VMAs. And the quality is so cool. kind of shitty, but I was like, I really want to do a VMA episode from like the 90s of VMA. So 96 was a good year. Um, oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll actually like, send you guys the, the video so you can like take time to watch it and like break cool. it up. Yeah, because it's really cool. And the 95 one is cool too. I'm going to see if I can find that one. That's the one where like Courtney loves through that compact up at Madonna. When she was getting oh, interviewed yeah. by Kurt Loder and Madonna has that awesome like Tom Ford Gucci, like that blue satin silk shirt yep, with like the I pants. Remember. Yeah, she looks so cool. And she's like, Courtney loves in dire need of attention right now. <laughs> and then Courtney comes <laughs> up and is like, oh, it's just it's just it's just great. Like MTV really was it. And they even talk about it. Like that was the pipeline. You got on radio, you got your music played on MTV, and that was just that was just it. So yeah, I think we should do a VMA episode at yeah. some point in the next. In 2022, this will come out in 2022. So happy new year. <laughs> because, yeah. Yes. Oh, that is true. It's yeah. Come on, it's so, yeah. I mean, uh, do you guys have any more closing thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, I mean, we didn't really talk about this. And I guess we didn't need to because, I mean, it's kind of well, like yeah, well, I mean, we can still keep not talking. very nice, like talking about her eating disorder. But it's oh, just so God, sad yeah. that. How that, I mean, again, I had no idea that she had any disorder. And she literally says that she struggled most of her life. She struggled with, with that, you know, because I can't believe, like, what really shook me when that guy was counting the slices of cheese. That she oh, was my Lord. That, was that so, made me angry. Oh. I was like, this is so fucked up. But again, women in music and, like, just women controlled by men and, like, this whole idea of being skinny and pretty and, like, yeah, I mean, we I can't. This, we had the same thing with the Britney Murphy doc. Yeah. And they literally told her, you're not fuckable. Like, yeah. to her face. And that's why she she had that drastic change. It's like, I hope that the industry has gotten a little bit more, like, I think it's really great now that we have more women producers for films. And I'm not sure about the music industry. Jules, do you know if there are more female music producers? I mean... If it's mostly men I hear about. I I feel like I feel like they're out there. There there's probably I mean to be honest, there's probably even more uh, music female producers who are putting stuff out, but they're just not getting picked up. Oh, that's what it that's, is. Then that's honestly what I think it is because like I I feel like I follow a lot of people and I I follow a lot of women, but I feel like um if you look at you know, who's writing the big songs for like Dua Lipa and stuff. It's a lot of men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh totally. Those are. Well, I have to say, like, I, I feel like it's Billie Eilish in that sense. is such a good role model. Oh, yeah, she produces, like, right? Produces her songs with her brother. I mean, I'm sure her brother helps her. But, like, it, it seems like she writes her own stuff. And she also doesn't ever want to like oh she so far she hasn't tried to fit in in that whole like i need to look glam and like sex sales that kind of thing and she's just wearing baggy shit and just whatever she yeah. wants you know i think I, it's pretty cool she's lucky that I was she actually started saying, that way um yeah. watching alanis perform um it almost it kind reminded of reminded me yeah yeah, yeah. Too. i love beyonce when she was singing you ought to know i was like what <gasps> yes! is this? that was 
so cool. I was so surprised. I know. I was like, I was not happy happen? to see her. I'm like, why does she have to make an appearance? I'm watching a documentary about a musician. I like, why do I have to see freaking Beyonce? Like, I just why? like to say, Beehive, please do not come for us. They are hardcore fans. <laughs> we, we support, we support. Yeah, Beyonce. sorry. If you're going to hate someone, you can hate me, but Jules and Lauren don't share the same view. And no, okay. I, I, I mean, if I saw Beyonce, I might actually pass out. I mean, I, I, I don't even care about rumors about anything. I just, I lemonade. I just love, I love that whole visual album. I think it's so great. Um, I just want to dance and look like her. I just want to like, <laughs> she just looks so great. I feel like, I think she's also another like great kind of, uh, I mean, I know that like she's from a different world. Like Billie Eilish is obviously way younger, and she came up at a different time. But I like that Beyonce is just so good that it does it doesn't give a fuck. Like sometimes she's curvier, sometimes she's not. She's like I'm Beyonce, I'll yeah. do whatever the fuck. I like I that. About yeah, I like that. I like also, that. her sister is amazing too. Oh yeah, Solange. Yeah, but I'm yeah, a Solange, Solange fan. Or like, I mean, for me, she's a talented one. But that's just me, obviously. <laughs> I love Salah. They should collab. Do they? Do they ever collab together? No, they, they don't. Never have. Mm-mm. Oh wow, that's surprising. Because they're so different. Solange is cool. Like she's like <laughs> they're so different. She's cool. <laughs> wow, we're gonna go. No, but she's like the alternative kind of cooler. Um, you know, girl. Like I don't know. Just I just don't care about Beyonce. I didn't need to see her there. Taylor whatever. Swift too. I saw she did that thing. Well, actually, Alanis came out. With, she came out with her. It's kind of different. Her, yeah, like, I get why we see her, her yeah. but I was like, "Oh, Taylor." I, really I know like... way too much about her too, against my will, kind of. I don't. I don't yeah, <laughs> it's kind of. Funny. I think it was really cool. Like it, it's not right at the end, but it's right be- before they switched to her. Sorry, guys, my dog just oh. got near the computer. Oh. I was like, are you playing with cheese? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Daisy always makes an appearance at the end. She, like, she's knows. So yes. She's like, she's like, get off the computer. I need you to play with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really like when they, before they show her with her family, like, at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, I really like, and I think that would have been, like, a cool way to end it, too. But, I mean, I get it, right? They need to go back to her. It's like how she is now but she was in a bath and she's been interviewed and she says i i think this is after the tour uh, like you know like the boys left or whatever and she's just kind of like i'm happy because i've reached a place where i can create and now and i have food on my plate mm-hmm. and she doesn't have to worry about it it's just so nice like i love that you know? yeah it is really cool i love any so liberating to just make music that you want i mean yeah i love any also i love any interview that takes place in like a tub like a bathtub i think it's so cool like i just think it's very like hey like like i'm this like massive pop star and i have like all this money and so much that i'm like yeah interview me in the tub i just i've seen it before i just can't think of who i know i've seen it in movies and stuff like i think of scarface and that fucking carpeted fucking bathroom which is insanity but i always think of that like i would love to have a tub like that that's like a little pool it's like massive in just this big room. And there's like interviewing. It reminds me of like the Madonna Truth or Dare documentary, which one of my friends had not seen. And I was like, What? Oh How, my have God. you got have you guys have you seen it? I've seen no. it. 
Uh, oh, Jules, you have to watch Truth or Dare. It's, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's like the greatest. Uh, like, yeah, it's like just, black and white. It's cool. Just Madonna oh. back then. She was like the. I mean, yeah, yeah she was the coolest. Was I don't. Cool. No one. There's no one like her still now to this day. Even if people think that Lady Gaga is, it's like. Oh, that's me. right. Beyonce and Lady Gaga. Those are like your two, like yeah. nemesises, and they have that video too. That telephone. Of course they do, you know? <laughs> yeah, because they're, like, together, yeah. It's Dude, funny. that song bangs. Yeah, it I love does. That song. And then the Kill Bill car. They have, like, the <laughs> pussy wagon car. <laughs> I do love that telephone hat <laughs> where the hat is, like, the telephone on it. She, like, yeah. It's down. one of the most annoying songs I have ever yeah. heard in my entire <laughs> life. Oh my god, that's funny. I love I it. Oh, Jai, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but we're covering that at our first show back after our two-year hiatus of COVID. You are? Are you really? No. Oh. <laughs> are you I was going to just see Jai's I reaction. I don't think we can be friends anymore. <laughs> Wait, are you having a show? Is that true? Um, eventually. Okay, yeah, nothing, we have, nothing said. Yeah, yeah, you know, th- so, uh, shows are being canceled because oh, of right. like, COVID surges, so... We will see. I know the surge. Yeah, I. You know Amarion, the singer. Yeah. There's like one podcast I listen to, and they call it the Amarion variant. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're like Amarion's coming. It's <laughs> a surge. Amarion. Yeah, it's really oh. funny. Alrighty, well, this has been super fun. I can't wait. We're gonna do a VMA episode uh, soon because I'm gonna send you guys the file, and yeah, we should just talk about like the good old days, the the golden era of MTV. <laughs> But it yeah. was really cool. But yeah, um, uh, send us an Apple review. Actually, Spotify, even though I just talk shit on them, listen over there if you don't have an Apple phone. Or actually, you can listen on <laughs> Google, whatever. But Spotify now has ratings. So tell all of your friends to fucking rate because I know people out there have Spotify. Not everyone might not have an Apple, but a lot of people have Spotify or an iPhone. Yeah, yeah so, so send us a rating, write us a review, do all that shit. And we're going to do more like, I think we're, we're going to do more music in 22 for sure. Yeah, This is the best thing to talk about because I had a whole outline of notes, but I don't really need them when talking about music. <laughs> like, it's just easy to jump around and there's just so much. I mean, we could talk about this for another hour, but Forever, yeah. yeah, there's just so much. Also, I love I the feel like this is unit. what we do when we're not recording. We just talk talking about the same thing yeah that we- true it's true <laughs> we were talking about how tiktok is like you know awful but go follow us over on tiktok though <laughs> i know everyone out there has a tiktok because most people listen are younger than we are so uh, i know true. everyone out there has a tiktok and i actually have to say that i feel pretty proud on the tiktok because a lot of i've been posting a lot of like Gregor rocky clips and and like Gia, I posted like the Gia clip, and a lot I of people were like, it. "What is this movie? Oh my god!" So I think I'm actually doing my part in getting other people to know about these like more indie underground films that are younger on TikTok, and they're actually I could actually see a spike of people listening to the podcast. Yeah, so yes. that's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, and I found that some other cool people cool. that talk about the movies that we do too. So so it's yeah, it's actually kind of cool. And me and Jai were talking about like fashion, that fashion trends. And like the forecaster, like there are lots of there are some cool things there about cool it. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So uh yeah, I I yeah. love the fashion forecasting. So cool. It's it's so right on too. Mm-hmm. It's great. So yeah, we will see you again soon and uh yeah, we'll see you on the next one. See you. Bye. Bye.